It's the Locked On Aggies Podcast, presented by Locked On Podcast Network, talking all things Texas A&M. Now, here's your host, Cole Thompson. Howdy, everybody, and welcome into another episode of Locked On Aggies, presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson, back in the driver's seat, talking all things Texas A&M. Wednesday's episode, you know what day it is. It's storyline day. It's the day where we're going to go through. We're going to talk all things, what to expect this upcoming week as the Texas A&M Aggies return back to Kyle Field to take on the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Now, let's get some things out of the way beforehand. Make sure you're following us on social media at Locked On Aggies, at Aggies SI. Sports Illustrated's Aggie Maven is now partnered with the Locked On Podcast Network to give you more quality content surrounding all things Texas A&M. So all you got to do is go to si.com slash T-A-M-U. You can check out all of our great written content. You can check out all of our great audio content. You can check out every single episode of Locked on Aggies there. And make sure you always check out our website, lockedonpodcast.com, for more great college podcasts, MLB podcasts. We're in World Series season, so you know that that's going on. And we're about to start the NBA season. Started last night, actually, so you know there's going to be a lot to talk about there. Lockedonpodcast.com. All right, storyline time surrounding Texas A&M. One team coming in with a 4-3 and record. The other team will be coming in with a 3-4 and record. That is the team coming from the Magnolia State. Mississippi State, of course, coming from Starkville. A&M will enter the game as a 9-point favorite over the Bulldogs, naturally, after winning this past weekend in Oxford, Mississippi, against the Ole Miss Rebels, 24-17. There are some big storylines that we can look at, but why don't we look at past events, what has happened, and what we can expect moving forward from this A&M team. So let's start off with Mississippi State. The Bulldogs were able to hold on to a 28-13 win in Starkville, even though there was a lot of expectation that this A&M team was going to be the heavy favorite. Nick Fitzgerald had another phenomenal game, but the biggest problem with that game was AM heavily relied on their run game last year and not so much on their pass game. That's no longer really the case because of we've seen what has happened to the run game this season when it wasn't against Ole Miss. And the Bulldogs held Travion Williams, the SEC league leading rusher, to only 26 yards. They held Kellen Mond to less, and Jay Sean Corbin, who is also out, only I think to like five or seven yards. He did not have that many yards in that game. So it was a pretty easy win overall for this Bulldog team. Also, when you look at the history books between these two matchups, it's never really been in favor of Texas A&M. A&M has lost three straight years to the Bulldogs, uh, and that, that goes back way into 2016 when this whole thing really started. So now they have a chance to regain some ground, regain some you know knowledge, maybe reset the record straight. But you also have to realize that this team, this Bulldog team, is not the same Bulldog team that we saw in recent years. For starters, they lost their two best pass rushers and probably best run defenders to the NFL draft, as Montez Sweat and Jeffrey Simmons went in April's draft, both in the first round, Simmons 19th overall to the Tennessee Titans, while Sweat was traded back up for, I believe, 26th overall by the Washington Redskins to play outside linebackers. So without those two guys there, it's a whole new team. 
Nick Fitzgerald is also not going to be in attendance that game. He is now on the practice squad out in Tampa. And, you know, knowing what's going on with that situation, I'm not going to make any assumptions here, but we could also expect for him maybe to possibly make the active roster soon, depending on if Bruce Arians is ready to give up on Jameis Winston. Meanwhile, Garrett Schrader, true freshman, will be playing probably a majority of these snaps. But at the same time, this is a player who reminds me a lot of Fitzgerald. He's a run-first kind of guy. He's not a huge passer. He can pass, but you're going to have to deal with the dual-threat ability and his legs as much as you are with his arm. Schrader came in midseason for an injured Tommy Stevens and has been the starter ever since. He's gone 62 of 108, 58.5 completion percentage, 828 passing yards, and four touchdowns to four interceptions. Pretty evenly matched all the way across the board. Then when you look at his running stats, he's already had 78 rushing attempts for 440 yards, averaging 5.8 yards a carry and three touchdowns on the ground. He's also made a tackle on special teams. So you know what? He can really do a little bit of everything, but this is a guy who you're going to have to stop with his legs probably first. That's how the team picks up first downs. They're a very run-heavy team with the ability to pass kind of like Ole Miss was. You know, when you look at this Ole Miss and Mississippi State roster, they're very similar in that sense because both of them love to run the ball, but they both can pass the ball. So for Mike Elko's defense, it's going to be playing a lot of similar styles. You're going to be going up against these guys with the intent of stopping them through the ground game, but you cannot doubt that they're going to be able to get something going through the air. And if they get something going through the air, knowing how history has been, both at Kyle Field and in Starkville, that could be a massive problem for AM. You cannot give teams, even teams who are three and four, because of even though they're three and four, this Mississippi State team is not a horrendous team. I mean, they're still a very competitive team. And the big the big storyline that really could define this game is consistency. Who's going to be the team that plays more consistent? Is the Bulldogs offense going to come out and play more consistent, be more on top of everything, be ready to go? Is AM's defense, with the fact that they're missing several key players and we don't know their status right now, where they're going to end up and if they're going to play, are they going to step up and be contributors? And last and certainly not least, overall, are we going to see this AM offense find a rhythm? And are they going to be able to take down this Mississippi State defense, who still is a very, very good defense overall? One last thing to note on Mississippi State is also they need this win. They really started off the season on a right note. They really looked the part of being a potential top 25 team. And that went south fast with losses to Auburn, to Tennessee, and LSU. And they lost in double digits to all three of those teams. AM has struggled at times this season against a team like Auburn. So they're going to come for blood. And if AM gives them any opportunity, knowing the past, knowing what we've seen, from this Bulldog team in, the, in recent years. This could get ugly fast. It's all about starting fast for both squads. And whoever probably starts faster and is more consistent with it 
they're going to be the team that probably pump comes out on top. That's just the definition of the game. Nobody's saying that AM isn't going to compete, but what they definitely are going to do is they could make it interesting by starting off slow. Meanwhile, while Mississippi State gets really going quick. Coming up in just a moment, we're going to talk a little bit about the storylines that AM fans need to know about their own Aggies, including a certain player who maybe you didn't see on Saturday night against Ole Miss and what his role is going to be moving forward. And we'll talk about that in just a quick minute. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson still here in the driver's seat talking all things Texas A&M. It's storyline day here Wednesday, October 22nd. And we got some really cool storylines coming up for you right now, especially on the A&M offensive side of the ball. Good news. We finally got to see something really special. And that was the emergence of freshman running back Isaiah Spiller. What a game he had. 76 total yards, my correction, 78 total yards on the ground, 82 total yards overall, and that big 22-yard touchdown run late in the game to seal AM that victory in Oxford, bring back the win. That was a game he really needed. Coach Fisher even talked about it, uh, and so did Kellen Mann. His confidence never went down. And some players, especially as a freshman, when you make those mental mistakes like he was making, you don't come back from that. Because if you've been raised and you've been put on a pedestal your entire life saying, I am the greatest, and then you get to the next level and you get a reality check and a wake-up call, and you start wondering, what am I doing wrong? And you overthink. And then when you overthink, you make mistakes. And then when you make mistakes, you're going to get benched for somebody else. Spiller never had that. He always had the confidence, according to both Fisher and... And Samond, this was a kid who was never going to let the pressure get to him. And we saw that on Saturday night. Now the question is, we've seen him do it against a Power 5 defense and against an SEC defense. Can he do it again? Is the consistency there? And the question really isn't, is the consistency there? Because if we know he can beat teams with his open field speed, we watched him twice this year rush for over 100 yards in a game. We saw what he could do against Texas State in the season opener, and we saw what he did against Lamar, 116 rushing yards. But can he be consistent against Power 5 teams? No one's asking him to do what he did to Lamar against the State. They're asking what he did to Ole Miss or somewhere in that ballpark. 78 yards. 65 to 95. That's the ballpark. Maybe one or two touchdowns. Can he do that? Because if the flashes are great and it shows the growth of players and it shows that everyone is moving in the right direction and that there's good things coming from all of this, But at the same time, when you're still trying to be one of those teams that could possibly compete for a New Year's Six Bowl and get back into the top 25 rankings, having an established run game is going to help you get there. Because if what you're doing is you're going to get a lot more pressure off of your quarterback and more on the plays ahead. And all of that combined leads to success. So consistency for Spiller, is it going to be there? And his consistency on the offensive line going to be there? All season, the storyline has been, can Kellen Mond 
thrive? Is he going to be that next tier SEC quarterback? Because the tiers right now go Tua Tagovailoa from Alabama, who's hurt, and Jake Fromm from Georgia, game manager. Does Kellen Mond fit in either one of those two? And right now, no, he doesn't because if he's a little too erratic with his throws. But is he erratic because of his throws are off point? Or is he erratic because of the fact that he has no time to throw that ball? Yes. I would like to see Kellen Mond go past one check down. I would like to see him look past Osborne. If he can do that and start looking at Courtney Davis, maybe Kendrick Rogers, Cameron Buckley if he's out there, Anaya Smith, who we are going to speak about in just a little bit. If he can do all of that, good sign. But when he does that check down, what he's doing is he's now allowing his offensive line, who struggled all season, especially against pass rush and pass protection, to allow him to become free and be open and be available to get hit. And if he's not getting hit, he's getting flustered. And if he's getting flustered, he makes mistakes. He threw two interceptions last weekend in Oxford. One was an easy no-no. Watch the defensive end. You see him pull back in the coverage. He knows he has a better shot of getting that ball on a swat down or an interception for a turnover than he does at getting at the quarterback. That's something that Mon needs to be able to see. And if he can't see that... That's going to lead to another turnover. In in a dual threat team like Mississippi State, turnovers could be the margin of success. Another point that we're going to bring up, another storyline, is where oh where was Anias Smith? For those Aggie fans who aren't completely sure on who Anias Smith really is, he's a true freshman from Sugarland, Texas, who has started to grow into one of the go-to targets for AM's offense. This past weekend, he was nowhere to be seen. He was pretty much immobile the entire time. He did play a role, but it was all on special teams. He finished with 105 special team yards, had a good 34-yard return that allowed him to set up the Aggies inside of the Rebels' territory. Unfortunately, that return ended in an interception by Mond, but it didn't turn into points for the Rebels on their next drive. So kind of tomato-tomato, switch off. But he wasn't really there in the passing game. But Coach Fisher did let fans know and let reporters know on Monday what the reasoning was. So here's Coach Fisher talking about Anaya Smith and his role moving forward. Different guys, different things, what we're asking, what we did in the game. And, and we got to get a nice play, but he got, got him on the punt returns and expecting the game got tight in some situations. We went with some experience there, but Anaya is, is going to be in the mix and we'll be getting playing time and getting back in there, I promise you. So it seems like Fisher knows what he's doing with a player like Smith, who has been pretty productive overall when you look at him on special teams. And he's really grown into that true number three receiver. Although Kendrick Rogers is that number three guy right now behind Osmond and Courtney Davis, Smith has really been just as productive, if not more. So he could see his role expand this upcoming week. He could become someone who becomes a major factor for the team. I definitely think that when you have a run-based team, heavy run-based team, and a young team, kind of like AM, you could start using him a little more. The veteran defense of Ole Miss kind of helped out with that. 
But this is a very, very, very young team for Mississippi State, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Coming up in just a moment, it's tidbit time. It's a brand new segment here on Locked on Aggies. A couple of little hits and miscues and little guides going into Saturday's game, all surrounding Texas A&M in both a positive and negative way. Something you are definitely going to want to know, especially for Saturday's game, coming up on Locked on Aggies in just a few quick seconds. Guys, erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with the doctor and take care of it. Just go to GetRoman.com slash locked to get a free online visit and a free two-day shipping. Remember, that promo code is GetRoman.com slash locked and get your erectile dysfunction taken care of today. Locked on Aggies presented by the Locked On Podcast Network. Cole Thompson still here in the driver's seat and it's tidbit time here on LOA. This is a brand new segment that we're going to start featuring moving forward. It's all the little tidbits and little quotes that you need to know about Texas A&M football or basketball when we get to that part of the season going into each game. First tidbit is freshman production. Right now, 11 of the 26 Aggie touchdowns this season have been scored by true freshmen. Jalen Weidemeyer, tight end, has scored four. Running back Isaiah Spiller has also scored four. And Aeneas Smith has scored three. That could be part of the plan moving forward is getting these freshmen the ball. Because of when the ball is in their hands, they're really successful. They have almost 50% of all of the touchdowns for AM this season. Weidemeyer and Smith are the highest scoring freshman receiving duo in the nation this season with seven touchdowns. When you look at some of the production from SEC teams and you're thinking of who are guys to look for moving forward, you, everyone wants to go to Alabama because they have the four horsemen of the Abama lips, as I like to call them. But AM has two guys in the running and they have a guy, Demand Dumas, who's coming in next year, who is going to be a huge part of the future of this Aggie program. So seven touchdowns. For this wide receiver duo, or receiving duo, however you want to call it, is really impressive overall. Kellen Mond will make his 21st consecutive start this upcoming Saturday against Mississippi State, and he's climbing up the all-time winningest QB watch list at AM. He's currently tied for 8th all-time with Stephen McGee at 18-9 record. If he wins, he takes over 8th place by himself, and he's starting to get closer and closer towards that top, especially if he comes back next year, he could start entering that conversation for one of the all-time winningest quarterbacks for pro- for the program history. Mon also needs only two more touchdown passes to be tied for fourth all-time on Texas A&M's career list. Corey Pulling right now has that record with 45 passing touchdowns. He was at A&M from 1992 to 1995. Mon also needs only seven pass attempts to reach 900 career pass attempts, which would be fourth all-time that a player in school history reaches that milestone. He's going to at least get that one this upcoming weekend. He probably could get both those records, continue to move up, and if he gets the trifecta with the win this weekend, he is going to be really high up in the record books, and he's going to start making some history, which is why I don't get the hate on Mond from the fans because of all he's done is keep you guys in a winning perspective for three seasons with a rough... Kevin Sumlin, with a brand new Jimbo Fisher. And you guys are still not out of it, despite facing three top 10 opponents. 
who are your only three losses on the year. He's winning the games he needs to win. So why don't we cut the kid a little bit of slack because if he's doing exactly what he needs. Wide receiver Courtney Davis needs 31 receiving yards to reach 1,000 yards in his career. He needs two receiving touchdowns to crack A&M's all-time top 10 wide receiver list. Davis has been a pretty consistent weapon for this A&M team, and although I don't think that you'll see him really become a superstar at College Station, I do believe he has the ability to be a really solid wide receiver at the next level. Think of Christian Kirk, although maybe not as much production that he had at A&M. Probably a later round guy if he does declare for the draft, but even if he doesn't declare and he comes back, he could build some stock next year. I definitely think that he is a guy to watch out for and a guy who could be someone on the rise moving forward, especially for this A&M team. Last A&M tidbit of the day, sophomore kicker Seth Small needs one field goal to enter the top 10 all-time at Texas A&M. He enters the Mississippi State game 11th with 31 career field goals makes and at least one going through the upright in 13 straight games. If he makes one more, He's an all-time top 10 kicker. And kickers usually stay. They don't usually declare for the draft early unless you're a guy like Roberto Aguayo. But if you stay your entire career, you usually kind of knock each other off. But A&M is special teams U, as I like to call them, because if we see so many kickers and punters at least get the opportunity in the NFL, Small could be a guy who really ends up possibly being one of the all-time scorers and one of the all-time points leaders for Texas A&M. When it's all said and done, and he could start it this upcoming weekend. So those are some tidbits to look forward to for Texas A&M and what they're going to do this upcoming weekend, what to prepare for, and what records could be broken against Mississippi State. We're going to preview tomorrow's show real fast with players to watch for. See if you can guess these two players. For Mississippi State, this player has a team best seven tackles for losses, tied for eighth in the SEC. This player for Texas A&M has nine solo tackles, 2.5 sacks, a forced fumble, and an interception. And he also was a key factor into how Texas A&M won on Saturday night in Oxford. Give some time. They get through. You have some time to think who are these two players. Both One is for the Bulldogs. The other is for Texas A&M. And we're going to preview four players on each team. Who to watch out for moving forward this upcoming week as your Texas A&M Aggies prepare to take on the Mississippi State Bulldogs. 11 o'clock kick at Kyle Field this upcoming Saturday. That's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Aggies. Again, make sure you're following us on social media. You can follow me, at Mr. Cole Thompson. You can follow our account, at Aggies SI, at Locked on Aggies. And check out all of our great work at LockedOnPodcast.com and SI.com slash T-A-M-U. That's LockedOnPodcast.com and si.com slash t-a-m-u you gotta make sure you come back tomorrow we have an awesome show planned for you players to watch for mississippi state texas a&m definitely a show you don't want to miss but until then we'll see you soon guys remember y'all giggle this has been locked on aggies presented by the locked on podcast network